Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends in the Australian running community who simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 2, Episode 11, I interview Cam Marsh. Cam is a co-founder of the Brisbane Running Event and group Run For It. The Run For It event occurs quarterly each year, with the overall mission being that of raising awareness for mental health and giving to those less fortunate. With these two ideas being at the core of the group, the social outlet and sense of belonging seem to be a natural byproduct of simply getting together for a run. It seems Run For It has become somewhat of a cult in Brisbane over the last few years, attracting hundreds of local runners in line with the event slogan, Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. So tune in to hear from Cam as he talks about his background and what makes Run For It so rewarding to him and those who take part. Uh, you've got plenty of opportunity to talk to him. Looks like he's got, what, another six months to go? Yeah, yeah, he's a hard man to get a hold of, though. But let's make yeah. a start, hey? So uh, welcome officially to the Local Legends In It Running Podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's Saturday, 13th of May, mate, 12.34 on the clock. We uh, we think, well, I think the sun's going down. I'm going to continue with the interview. But uh, how's your day shaping up? been a good day um went out for a trot with the dog this morning so got a couple of k's in slow and steady obviously and uh he probably dragged me through a little bit of it and then uh yeah just been doing some stuff around the house mate it's a pretty pretty chill day today great tell us how far and what pace did you run out this morning uh i actually couldn't even tell you the pace i'm going to assume it was probably about six six minute k's <laughs> we're just chugging along probably doing probably doing six or seven we probably got out to about six or seven k's it was literally just not looking at the watch or anything. It's just it's just nice to go. He's he's having a snooze as we speak. It's nice to go for a trot uh, of a morning as that sun's coming up, especially now that they we've got those cooler mornings and uh, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Later sunrises too. <laughs> yeah, but a run's a run. I I just wonder if you ran on purpose prior to the interview. I often ask you know guests what they'd done on the morning of the interview. Yeah, that was a yeah, normal Saturday enough. for you. A jog out in the morning for a Saturday. Uh yeah. Generally, I. I I'm sort of returning to running at the moment uh, and generally run probably Tuesday, Thursday mornings and then Saturdays either uh, a strength class um, at the gym I work at or, or, a, or a lonely jog. Yeah, so you just alluded to parts, I guess, of the interview that will come up. But um, the premise predominantly for this interview is uh, Run For It, um, of course, a social and mentally uh, health-based group out there in Brisbane yeah. that you're a part of, co-founder, shall we call it. So that that will get there in due course. But um, it seems you're, you know, a bit different to some of the guests we've had on in the sense that generally, generally they're running purists. But uh, we certainly have variety on here, older, younger, male, female. Uh, and I think of even guests like Katie Dahl, who's got a group out there who uh, may be similar to yourself in a way, uh, sort of in the last 10 years has kind of gone from that sort of uh gym focused to more so in the running and she's sort of pushing that uh that social mental uh health group sort of orientation with her with her guys so definitely looking forward to delving into that 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think she's uh, shout out to Caddy. She's doing a great job. I think, especially from my end, it certainly it seems as though she's put a a lot of the running community on her back, and she she's doing a fantastic job. And hey, mate, I've got to bring up a fellow uh, colleague, Sally Burks, or fellow athlete, shall we call her too. She Absolutely. she probably was part of the reason why you're on here. And I always did actually think of getting you on here by the fact that Run For It and various groups out there in that uh, sense have definitely grown over the last few years. But she brought you up uh, just a few months ago, actually, at school. Yeah. And um, now we're here. So uh, thank you, Sally. And um, yeah, yeah just a sh- shout out to her too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she certainly seems to be getting into her running in the last sort of eighteen months too, which is which is great. So you might see her out at school cross country uh, sometime soon. Yeah, we actually had that on uh, Friday. She didn't run though. She did not run. I did ask her, but uh, she yeah. wasn't out there. I was there having a jog, like a few teachers. Yeah, and the other one too is uh, Nick Tui, uh, run for the north, run the north. Sorry, not run for the north, run the north. Uh, you know, previous guest like Katie on the podcast. And um, I've known Nick for for years, ever since um, high school running to a degree. He was always a much better runner than I was, but uh, I did see him out there at things like districts and regionals. But he's he's been a part of uh, what you've done for Run For It, I believe. Yeah, he has. Yeah, Nick, uh, great guy. And the other half of uh, Run The North, uh, Ben Groff or Matt, Matt McGreedy that's jumped in there as far as I'm aware um great guys they've kind of been so we kind of kicked off early 2021 and ever since then they've been a they've been a major supporter and and us of them um they certainly get up there and uh run a little warm-up prior to our events too which is which is a nice touch no excellent hey by the way just speaking of these groups out there at the moment because run the north is one of them run for it's a bit more of a i know we'll get into it again in detail but it's more of a um occurrence that happens sort of four times a year i believe as opposed to continuous training and it seems like these groups kind of get together as we speak about them now but what do you make of the the scene out there at the moment for these sort of socially based running groups at the moment i think it's great um yeah like we said we probably kicked off early 2021 and and like a lot of people i guess covid um covid didn't really have an effect on us that 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 sort of didn't didn't I guess that wasn't a trigger for us to to kick things off, but um, throughout the last couple of years, I'm sure you would have seen as well, Ollie. Um, there's obviously been a huge uh, influx in outdoor training, which I think is incredible. Um, whether it was triathlon, uh, run groups, ultra running, all sorts of stuff. So I think it's incredible. And Brisbane, um, obviously, it's our home turf, but. Uh, I feel like Brisbane's got a really strong uh, foundation with some incredible run groups, whether they're, you know, some of the speedsters uh, like Bert and Brisbane Roadrunners and the like, um, or whether it's more um, more of a social crew like the ones you've mentioned. I think it, it's great to have that variety. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Bert too because I was out with the Bert guys myself being a part of that group uh, a few months ago actually for a... Brisbane Roadrunners event, which they have there um, quite regularly. But I think it was an AK championship event. And uh, that started about six o'clock or something like that around that time. But um, I'd seen the run for it group there uh, come in about seven o'clock in the morning, heaps of people. But um, just just a different just a different uh, bunch of people, you know, the demographic varying in, in certain ways. And uh, like, you know, our, our focus really is, competitively to get faster and faster and of course there's a bit of social 
nature to it, but it seems uh, the group is a little bit different in that way. Yeah, for sure. We've definitely got some speedsters and some some elite short distance runners and, and certainly some long distance runners. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we try to cater to all. So it's like, we, I guess part of our slogan is run, walk or or roll. So if, whether we've got yeah. people walking, people running, people pushing prams, walking their dogs or in wheelchairs, we're, we'd love to have anyone that's able to able to move forward um, in any capacity. So um, yeah, I was aware of that event that you were at um, because we were quite worried that we were going to have a bit of a traffic jam. And I can't remember who the president is of the Brisbane Road Runners Club, but I had a chat to him. He was a great guy and um, sorted it all out. And it looked like you guys had about 300 people there too, which was awesome. Was he an older gentleman that you've spoken to? Might oh, be Adrian. Better be, yeah, better be careful. Just in case yeah, exactly. Um, mate, I think it might have been an Adrian. Yeah, I think that might have been him. He's not too old if he listens to this. He's been on the uh, podcast, and I think he's involved in that uh, in that group. But anyway, we've got a bit to talk about before we get to run for it, and that's just some background on you. So uh, just some personal things. And then, we, as always, we get into the running achievements and PBs, which I know uh, for you has been varied with other things. But uh, it's always great to see where we're at. And uh, they, of course, have varied vastly between the, the guests on the show. Happy to share, firstly... Your age or age range, I sometimes ask yeah, yeah. the guests if they're a bit conscious I, about that. I just scraped into the 90s. I'm, I'm a 1990 born bloke. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 32, turning 33 this year. So, uh, whether I'm in my prime or I'm over the hump, I'm not too sure. Yeah, well, mate, just keep working at it. Elliot Kipchoge, he's 38, I think, world uh, record yeah. holder for the marathon. But anyway, uh, what about work wise? So, where does this fit in with do you have a regular standing full-time jobs through the week yeah absolutely so i was an electrician like coming out of school i, I got my trade uh, like many many a young chap and uh spent about 10 12 years as an electrician working around brizzy and then flying fly out to towns like darwin and roma and Moranbar. and then um 2018 i got into health and fitness uh, as a personal trainer and i've been doing that uh, sort of ever since um and i've been associated with a gym called uh, Movement Enhanced in Albion since 2019. So we'll be going on, uh, yeah, four or five years this year. Yeah, so typical day for you in with work. What does that look like? Yeah, so we run group classes down there, um, capped at 16 people. So I coach those group classes along with uh, Ben, the owner and uh, founder and then crew. Um, and then in between those classes, I run one-on-one uh, -on -one or two-on-one personal training as well. So for the most part, that's me pretty much, uh, yeah, Monday to Friday. Yeah, is that sort of a morning-afternoon gig with a few hours there in the middle to, yeah, to have a break? Of, like, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the traditional uh, personal trainer's uh, setup would be working a morning, working an evening, uh, and then going home for a feast and a nap uh, throughout the middle of the day. But um, for me, I generally work like a block so i'll work from the morning through to lunch or i'll work from lunch through to the evening um so each day is kind of different um but it's it's pretty good balance and then like wednesday wednesdays are pretty low-key just a, just some morning um sessions for me and sort of gives me time to do plenty of other things that need to be done which is always a list 
Yeah, great. So just tell us about uh, where you live and in the area So and, and who you're living with. Any Anything you're into around the local area and, and why? Why you live there? Is it for work or for various other yeah. reasons? Yeah. <laughs> I live in East Brisbane, so probably not too far yeah. from Churchy, um, the school you're at. But uh, yeah, so I live in East Brisbane. We've been here, my partner Hannah and I, we've been here for about probably 18 months now in a house, um, little yard, big enough for the dog. Um, been, yeah, been here and prior to this, we were in an apartment uh, in Kangaroo Point. So I guess we're always kicking around this side of town. I'm uh, I'm a South Sider. I grew up in Logan and then slowly sort of shifted closer to, yeah, right. to the city. And uh, aside from working on the North side in Albion, I am fighting the uh, resistance to, to move across the bridge uh, and staying on the South side as long as I can, mate. Excellent. I used to think that uh, you know the South Side was very a very dark place, a very scary place. But uh, Churchy taught me otherwise. East Brisbane. What do you make of that? Go to cafes or any bars in the local area? Yeah, uh, I'm not much of a drinker, uh, so bars not so much of an idea. But first cafe that comes to mind would be Black Sheep. Um, yes. Sort of in yeah. Between East Brisbane and Stones Corner or Woolloongabba, I guess. Yeah, have been there before. Hey, around all this stuff, what else do you do to to make up time in the week? Is there enough time to do anything else that uh, people wouldn't necessarily know about or that's quite different to the, the realm of fitness? It's uh, a good question. Um, great question. I, yeah, work's pretty consuming um, in a good way. I love it. Um, uh, and outside of that, obviously, run for it's quite demanding, time demanding and... Uh, so that takes a fair bit of time working working with run for it, and then um, you know I've got some other stuff that I do. Um, so I do some sort of leadership and cultural development stuff with with a couple of groups, and uh, we literally fly out in yeah about three weeks to Cairns, and we we've got some some young boys flying up from Melbourne, a group of school kids, they're sixteen years old. Um, we take them into the bush uh, camping, obviously no phones or anything like that. It's just a tent backpack food and we we hike across the Appleton tablelands for, oh, for two or three weeks so that's which is a pretty incredible experience um don't tell the the business owner or the founder but I, i'd probably do it for free if i had to um so that's really that's really fulfilling and we do a couple of those sort of camps every year so that's probably it in a nutshell mate yeah it's great i often ask that question to the guests and often it <laughs> The answer is all around uh health and fitness anyway and i think of myself yeah, too in the busy life that, that i live that it's really hard to squeeze in other things, but uh, it's always worth worth the question. How about uh, if we get along now to, to any running achievements or PVs? You sent through a uh, a few photos actually for me today to put up on Instagram and social media, and one was with a you had a, I think a backpack on in some very cold area with snow around you, and it looked like it must have been some kind of endurance event um through the mountains so was that a part of any running achievement along with any yeah, times that you could give us that you might cover across any yeah. distance i wouldn't uh i certainly wouldn't compare to any of the legends you've had on here especially the last guy abby who was crushing his 5k in 16 and a half minutes um i reckon my i couldn't even tell you i think my close my fastest 5k would have been about 20 21 minutes um i what did i do last year i did a I did a try. I couldn't swim to save my life at the start of last year, and that was part of part of a journey that I sort of embarked on for the Noosa Triathlon. And yeah, for any runner out there, I guess I did the 10k at the end of that in 46 minutes, which was okay. 
but it was uh, okay for me. But it, I had spent a lot of energy in the swim and surviving the swim and then uh, moving on the bike. But yeah, apart from that, running achievements, probably the most proud thing that I've done would have been, yeah, that, that photo that you would have seen was, um, that was Ultra Kosciuszko and that was 100 kilometres down in December last year at uh, Cosy. And it was oh, December late. with snow. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, that's right. There certainly wasn't supposed to be any snow. Um, there was a course change that, like, we so we drove down. I was lucky to lucky enough to have my girlfriend Hannah, my sister Johanna, and then my mate Mal. Oh, you know Mal, I think. Um, yeah, Daniel Malone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the three of them came down as as crew for me. So I was very fortunate. Couldn't have done them without them. Um, but as we, we we drove down to Cozzy, which is you know not too far from Melbourne. Um, we're watching the weather unfold and it was pretty gnarly. Well, there was, there was a couple of feet worth of snow and, um, they had to do a late course change. So we were supposed to take off from Threadbow, which is where we booked accommodation. It was five minutes walk to the start line. And then they moved it to, um, uh, the other side of the mountain, which was an hour drive. So we had to, to get moving quite early that morning, but got that done in 14 and a half hours, which was, um, a little bit quicker than anticipated. There was plenty of highs and lows as you could imagine there was I felt invincible at about the 65k mark I thought I was a bit of a legend and then at 80k's uh, I was I was feeling pretty sorry for myself but um, tagged along with some people and they tagged along with me and it sort of we got each other through and then we just had um, a couple of us just did the Noosa Ultra 50 which was which was a good good time um, that was certainly not fast I hadn't done any training for that as I'd been sort of laying off running uh, with a niggle um, but I, I decided to lace up the boots and join a couple of mates, Liam, Luke and uh, and now funnily enough uh, across that 50k up in Noosa and it was it was a hot day, um, plenty of good stories from that one but uh, yeah it was a good time and I think we did that in just under seven hours so pretty steady. Yeah and how long are your, your longer runs like how, how, how did you prepare for that 100k for instance running wise? <laughs> I uh, was trying to run sort of same sort of days, so two two days during the week, so two mornings um, prior to work, uh, if not in the evening. Uh, those were generally pretty short, sort of anywhere from eight to sort of sixteen, uh, and then I'd try and get one or two long ones in on the weekend. So whether it was a double Saturday Sunday and doing twenty or thirty, or whether it was um, I did I did have two large one day runs prior i did a 42k um which was my first i guess my first marathon which was up at uh mount cooper just ran four laps of the 10k up there and uh solo which was a good time and then i had a I just did a 60k road run prior so just tried to build some miles up and uh, that's kind of how i went about it and was that your longest long run the 60k that you've ever done in training yep 100 yeah i hadn't I hadn't done, uh, hadn't done all that much prior. Like I guess 2019, a friend and I did a did a half marathon on the Gold Coast just for just for fun, which was cool. Um, and then prior, post that, I certainly wasn't doing too much running. I'd be I'd run once or once or twice a month maybe. Um, and then uh, yeah, sort of booked that. I, I actually booked the 50k ultra, which I did this year last year and got COVID the day before so I had to postpone that and that's why I booked 100 in December because I thought if I had a if I had another 10 odd months why not double the length of it 
Yeah, for sure. Hey, let's get to uh, the story behind you uh, right from the start, hey, and, and just sort of start to learn about um, how those early stages of life may have influenced anything that you are doing today in line with health and fitness and running. So if we if we started with, uh, you know, birth and that uh, first few years of your life and then any influence from family or parents in line with uh, what's happening today, Cam? Yeah, I think so. I um, So I was born in um, Brizzy. Both my parents are Kiwis. Um, so I'm officially a Kiwi, uh, an Australian-born Kiwi, which might, might rub some people up the wrong way, especially when the rugby's on. Um, as a youngster, yeah, got into martial arts and rugby. Those are probably my two passions. Um, and when I sort of reflect, I guess, on my childhood, uh, you know, having shaped potentially who I am now or what I do now, um, I think that the martial arts was pivotal regarding sort of discipline and respect. I think that that sort of had a bit to do with, I guess, at least the way I think I am or feel I am. Um, and then rugby, obviously, sort of the team aspect and the leadership aspect was was super important, I guess, um, growing up. And then um, I do a fair bit with like some charities and volunteer work. And I guess I asked myself one day, probably a year or two ago, why I was doing so much in that regard um, because it's kind of, I guess, to a degree, it's quite uncommon. Um, and looking back, I do recall my mum used to run a, a sort of an organisation in Logan home called Meals on Wheels. Oh, yeah. Not sure if heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone that's been around for a little while has probably heard of that somehow, um, but that was effectively, um, you know, mum would mum and other volunteers would, would manufacture these meals or make these meals up, put them in little tin sort of uh, or alfoil uh, containers and whatnot, and we'd, we'd drive around all, all, all throughout Logan and, and deliver these meals to people that weren't, able to get to the to the shops or able to, to to cook their own meals for some reason so to be fair i think that's probably where that sort of um that that comes from um because i can't really attribute it to anything else <laughs> yeah same with the rugby so where where were you playing that and uh what you're forward or back and uh what were your attributes out there fast bigger smaller yeah well i'm i'm like six foot four and about 90 kilos so I'm tall and I'm I'm not massive, but uh, you know I'm not. Uh, I'm certainly not running around out there for the Reds. I'd have to be about 105 <laughs> kilos if I wanted to be out there. But uh, so yeah, I played 99% of my sort of junior footy at um, Logan City Rugby Union, and then played last sort of season at Sunnybank Rugby Union, and then sort of played a little bit more just for fun back at Logan. But then uh, and then at school. Um, so those were, that's where I played my, my rugby and I probably didn't think you could go professional, especially I was quite skinny. I was about the same height I am now. So let's say I was six foot three and I was only about 75 kilos ringing wet. So I, um, I was fighting an uphill battle to, to make any of the, the rep teams. Hey, you might need to head back to 75 kilos to get faster on the roads yeah, running wise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, a bit light, light as a feather. Speaking of running, how did that feature in uh, in school? Any memories uh, running out there in the cross country or PE classes? Anything that may have influenced today's interest? 
Yeah, for sure. PE or yeah, HPE was uh, certainly a passion of mine. Um, cross country, I was probably pretty decent at, but I was never sort of top top two or three. But I'd, I'd always be top ten. Um, used to always run for rugby uh, and that sort of thing. So, and I just enjoyed r- running. We used to live uh, live near Daisy Hill, so I used to just run up into Daisy Hill, not knowing what I was doing. This is before uh, I knew trail running was a thing, um, and just go for a trot. So. Yeah, running I guess featured heavily uh, in my in my junior sporting, and I had obviously had to do that with uh, martial arts to sort of make weight. So, but it was never anything, never anything more than sort of ten kilometers as a youngster. That's for sure. Yes, we're seeing this kind of culmination of uh, enjoyment for you know physical activities and the martial arts, bit of running there as well. But then also, like you spoke about, the influence of service or giving, and that uh, ultimately has uh, arisen in the founding of run for it if we can move into that space now because um let's just talk about when that started and just the the overall mission and how those factors have contributed to why you're involved in that uh, and who was also involved with setting that up with you as a co-founder yeah sure i guess a little bit of a background i do some stuff with a men's mental health charity called a chance for change and uh, had been doing that since 2017 Um, and that was I found that really fulfilling um, and eye-opening and once I'd sort of kicked that off um, or jumped in with that team I kind of asked myself where else I could give back Um, and then I started volunteering with Camp Quality so kids affected by cancer and then from there it was like you know I I'd literally just get a group of mates together and ask them for a small donation and we'd go for a run so we did a we did a, I think a six or a ten k loop um, around South Bank and and the Botanic Gardens uh, for Camp Quality, a group of friends, and then we did one for the Indigenous Marathon uh, Foundation as well. And uh, it was at that point, so that would have been uh, 2019, 2020. Uh, a friend of mine, Ash Ash Weber, she was like, "Cam, we've we've got to do this more often." And I was like, "I don't really know what you mean." Like, she's like, "We're going to make this a thing." So um and i said that i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it without her so together we came up with the concept to run for it so that was yeah late 2020 early 2021 and we got our first event going so we do yeah an event every quarter like you said earlier so four events a year sort of at the end of the quarter um we got that first event going uh and it went really well we had plenty of our friends and family were there and we raised plenty of funds for for a local charity and, and it's gone from strength to strength since then all right, day one, how many uh, participants or people, shall we call them, did you have in front of you for that uh, event? Day one, I'm going to say we probably had 50 people. Maybe. Jeez, pretty uh, strong start still. Yeah, we're pretty lucky with, like, especially having two people. If it was just me, I probably would have had three people. But uh, with, with two people combined, I think we, we managed to get together a pretty good crew. Yeah, so just talk to us about... When, when, if someone wants to come along to one of these events, there's some kind of uh, payment made. I believe the payment's uh, directly towards uh, a service or charity. Uh, is that it? And then they just kind of rock up and get involved? Yeah, there's, we certainly, we're, so we're having a website um, designed and built at the moment and there is no um, entry fee. There's no registration or anything currently. Um, all we ask is that you... Uh, if you're able, uh, make a small donation um, to charity. Um, each charity or each event's a different charity, different location, 
um, different cafe, different artists, all these sorts of things. Um, and, and throughout that, we sort of, I guess, for the most part, we're trying to obviously raise funds for these for these smaller charities that you don't that don't necessarily get the same airtime as the bigger ones. Um, but also, I think it's about bringing these issues to the forefront of your mind that you may not have yet faced, whether it's homelessness or um, premature birth or whatever it may be. Yes. Have you seen though, by the fact that you're donating to these uh, particular companies or charities, those conversations actually spark at these running events or um, in general away from, from them or even at the cafe after you've gone for the run? Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's, that's probably half of, what we're trying to do is get that conversation going. I think that's just as important. Uh, like you mentioned, the mental health earlier. I think, you know, there's, there's kind of a lack of education around a lot of topics um, that, that we should probably know a lot more about. Um, and when it comes to those things, I've certainly learned a lot. Um, we're on to our 10th event coming up. Um, so nine charities so far with the 10th to be revealed soon but um i've learned so much from each of those events about about those charities and the, and the adversity that these people face and like we've obviously had community members come to us and ask whether we'd be happy to raise funds for for charities they're aware of um and mate it's it rocks your socks especially when you know um some of the backstory so and i i'm I'm pretty soft when it when I get up there and, and if I know the backstory behind something and it's it's deeply saddening. Uh, so yeah, I can get a bit choked up out there in front of a hundred odd people, which is uh, you know it's uh, it's probably good because I guess it, it sort of makes it a bit more real. Yeah, so let's uh, if we can delve into one of those as an example that you could think of. Now I'm throwing you on the spot, and I don't want to make out one charity being better than the other or anything like that. But just one example of what you're talking about there in terms of that's really sort of hit hit you and influenced you in a way that you want to sort of talk about and promote with the group, or you did eventually in that kind of way. Yeah, well, I'll try not to get choked up talking about it. I think you've thrown me in the deep end. I'm here to here uh, to ask the hard questions. Yeah, no, good on you. I think that's great. I um, first one that comes to mind would be Miracle Babies, um, and that was presented to us by a friend of mine, Kieran, and friends of mine, Kieran and Chloe. They had a young son, Edric, uh, I think at 24 weeks, um, and obviously that was kind of just past the fence. Um, or just on the right side of the fence, uh, but they they struggled for a very long time. And Edric's um, fit and healthy now, which is incredible. But um, yeah, Chloe mentioned that Miracle Babies are a great foundation, and yeah, we raise funds for them. And uh, having seen their journey throughout, you know, uh, post birth, uh, it was it was an extremely confronting issue. Um, and then since then. I've had a I had a few friends that have uh, faced somewhat similar issues. Um, so you know, I guess you're similar age to me. I'm 32, like I said, and you know, a lot of people are having kids these days, and it's uh, it doesn't always necessarily go to plan. So it's good to know that there are people around you that have been through those things, and that there are support networks available. Yeah, that was my next question because a lot of people are afraid to to sort of face and approach these situations or topics or talk about them so what what does it offer what has it offered you like being aware and being involved in these things which uh, can be difficult to talk about how has it helped you uh, with your 
life or with running or relationships mentally emotionally yeah. and and also the group i think it's just great exposure it's uh when you don't know much uh, uh, it's. I think it can be quite scary, whatever the topic is, whether it's Indigenous education, whether it's you know premature birth or homelessness. If you don't know much, I think it's quite a confronting thing, a, a confronting conversation to have and an intimidating conversation to have. But when you've been educated uh, on something, I think it's great because it allows that conversation to flow. Uh, and I guess it has that ripple effect, right? So if you and I have a conversation today about one of these topics and, and you know we're sitting at coffee with one of our friends next week and they're facing an issue maybe something we spoke about today um, might be able to assist them so it certainly helped me um, in that regard with uh, local members of our community whether it's the gym or the or run for it so i think that's probably quite imperative yeah we look back sort of three four years ago that the people involved a lot of the people i guess involved in these groups would not have been running at all so like why why are they why are they involved do you think now is it is it the fact that they're more willing to actually talk about mental health or is it the reverse that these things are promoting the conversations or a combination of both because uh yeah a lot of it it seems like a lot of the background from them was more so like group fitness or uh, being in the gym and that kind of thing. Of course, we've spoken about COVID, maybe bringing people out of the indoor environment to being outside. But uh, is there also some kind of real kick they're getting from just running? I've run for years, and I've just I'm always used to running as what I do, and it provides a lot for me. But is there something that it's really providing for them too? Well, I think it's important for the for any individual to belong to a community, whether you belong to a book club, a car club, a run club, a uh, a workplace, you know, and that being a positive, uh, a positive space. Uh, I think belonging to something like that um, allows you to find purpose and to to add value. You can one, you can add value to the group, but also you find uh, that you're valued by the group. So I think if you know, I think run for it. I think any run group, any group. Uh, has the ability to do that for people and and running like you said I, I think forward movement is is incredible for for the mind and body and um yeah it's incredible we 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 i'm sure you've seen it plenty of times but we nothing really excites me more than obviously the positive impact we have but also when we get people that have never run a 5k or never run a 10k and they come and do that with us and it can be an intimidating environment you know you've got plenty of fit and healthy people and i guess the preconceived idea is that everyone's fast and it's not necessarily the case um so i think it's it's great for people to put themselves outside of their comfort zone in a, in a safe space like that so yeah i think you bang on uh it's been it's been a positive change hey mate just talking about the group by the way uh because you're you're the man in front of the group but the the group itself can affect and influence you is there anyone out there that uh you you could think about or mention that has played a part in what you do or as just being a person. I, I think of, uh, we mentioned Dan Maloof before actually. And uh, I often see, I've got him on Instagram and he often posts in the morning. He he writes out a little like, um, what would you call it? It's almost like a grateful post, like a positive it's, energy post, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love them. They're, they're, they're fantastic. But, um, and I, so I, the story with him and I is that we worked together many years ago as, uh, teachers and, and he, 
I recall him being just a person who was willing to have a conversation with you about something um, away from your work and just asking you how you were. And, um, and I, I just think of someone like him and potentially people within your group that may uh, be similar in nature that uh, has had a positive influence on you. He certainly had a positive influence. Um, he's he's one of the most supportive people I know. Obviously, I outlined the fact that he came to Kosciuszko with me and and sort of helped feed me and fill my water bottles and all that sort of thing. Um, outside of him, uh, Ben, the owner of the gym that I work at, he he's obviously a great guy, um, doing great things um, within his own space. And then I've met a lot of good people throughout. Um, the men's mental health space, uh, a guy called Nipper, um, one of the most giving blokes you'd ever meet. And then, and also through things like camp quality, um, you know, and those volunteers. So an individual, I'm not too like individuals per se, not so much, but I think just all in all across the board, you come across plenty of positive people. And I guess if you're comparing it, I certainly remember when I was younger, my dad always said as a tradesman, if you, you, you take this from that person and that from that person and you, you take the creme de la creme i guess and you put that in your tool belt you don't need to take everything and put it in your tool belt you just take the best things so i guess that's probably what i try and do for the most part is take the best things from from the best people that i can and, and i'm by no means anywhere close to that but i try to utilize those things as best i can um whether that's from the running environment or, or you know health and fitness or whatever it may be on the horizon for run for it what's the next event and uh where is it is it is it always publicized i know some groups like to keep it a secret where they're yeah. meeting or what they're doing but how's that working for the, the rest of this year or the next few months yep um you bang on uh it is pretty much all top secret until <laughs> basically the next week uh so i won't be able to spill the beans otherwise i get in trouble um but our next event is coming up in six or seven weeks uh, and and it'll be obviously close to Brisbane. It's a little bit different to what we've done before. Uh, and we do sort of, aside from the conversation around the charity, we also this year come up with a theory of, or come up with a concept, I should say, of having a theme uh, that runs throughout each quarter. And uh, so we've got like a lo local artist um, that designs merchandise for us and that merch, all, all, all funds from the merch go directly to the charity and that artist um, brings a theme to the table or a conversation to the table, a phrase. Uh, so yeah, we've got all those things are locked in for the, for the rest of the year. And obviously this, this coming event is, is locked down, but it's a, it's certainly a very exciting artist we've got on board and an exciting theme, exciting charity and, and a really cool location. So we're, we're really looking forward to releasing all that information. Yeah, that's great. How many people are you expecting? Ho hopefully being on here, your numbers will double. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, if they don't double and uh, no one listens to our uh, conversation, what, yeah, <laughs> how many would you expect for the next one? Uh, mate, yeah, it's uh, to be fair, I always expect about 15 people. Um, and I'm always, <laughs> uh, I'm always blown away. So I think the last one we had about 130 and 120 and 100 odd before that. So mate, if I get more than my family and friends are i'm chuffed so uh we'll, we'll see how we go no it's a great project and uh yeah i do wish you the best and it seems to naturally be growing of course with uh, in line with what you're doing purposefully 
for the group. So well done, mate. Uh, and just lastly, um, on the the mental health side of things, just just thinking about um, as you were talking earlier, anything purposefully through the week that you do away from uh, running itself or or gym, which naturally becomes part of our mental health, it, it contributes uh, in a way that would uh, assist us through the week. But anything else purposefully that you may do day to day, week to week, um, in in way of routine or formalities that assist with that. Yeah, for sure. I think routine's great, whether it's getting up at the same time or, you know, I've, I've always been an early riser going from being a tradesman to, to a personal trainer. So that's always come pretty naturally. Um, aside from that, like yourself, I think physical movement, um, obviously there's a lot of information in, on the internet now and on Instagram and alike um, about the positive impacts of that. And that that works for me uh if i'm if i'm exercising you know five days a week four to five days a week i, I feel feel great whether that's you know running or, or strength training so i think that's imperative um and then i i think getting outdoors is fantastic if you i think having to rely on things is is, is probably not ideal so for me personally when i run i don't listen to anything i, I like to have that space by myself mm. i quite enjoy my own time and and energy and it gives you time to think it's there's so much noise out there these days whether you're in the car listening to music or a podcast or you're on the phone to someone i think it's really hard and then obviously once you get to work or when you're with your friends and family there's there's really no downtime not unless you're consciously meditating or anything like that so for me running um i i really enjoy running with 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 no music and uh sort of soaking those things up so i guess it's yeah for me it's physical movement um and and conversation uh so but sometimes it's hard isn't it like things aren't always going right um and you've you've got to remind yourself um to smile so i try to do that i've got that written on my whiteboard uh, and and have to look at that quite frequently <laughs> yeah well you're doing it right now so uh well done to you anyway listener questions we've got a heap of them i normally have some of my own but um we've got enough here to cater for the next 10 minutes before you head off i think you're probably heading back to work or something or uh this afternoon just got to do some things and then i've actually got a uh in contrast to me saying i'm not a drinker i do have to go to a friend's <laughs> birthday this afternoon but mind you it will i think i'll more more so be looking forward to the food and what will be your drink of choice oh that's a good question i'd drink a beer any day of the week not that i do but i, I do love a beer otherwise it would be probably a negroni Excellent. Okay, let's start with a few people that we've actually mentioned on the podcast thus far. And uh, Sally Burks is on here. She's got three questions here. So I'm not sure. Very heavy expectations on me here to get through all of them. So I might might pick out one or two. Just bear with me as I scroll through Instagram here. Easiest questions would be great. Thank you. Okay, she she's noted that you often have a goal on the horizon. So where do you, where do you get these ideas from all the time? Are you just a thinking man? Is it out on your on your runs with no music in the ears that you start to think about what you want to do and achieve? Yeah, that's probably a, a fair observation. Um, last year for me was was a big physical year, I guess. Um, booking, <clears throat> excuse me, booking the uh, doing a sprint try, doing the triathlon. Uh, and then doing the 100k um, race. So last year was a physical year. This year is more so, I guess, a uh, a business development type of year um, with some things moving forward. Um, goals wise, yeah, I think it's important to have goals um, 
whether that's an event or a financial goal or whatever it may be. Um, last year for me was physical. This year for me more more business related. So I think it's always nice to have goals to to kick for. Otherwise, you don't know which direction to kick the footy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Nick Tui's here. Uh, who's your favourite run for Ita? He's called it. Why? Why isn't it Luke Lloyd? That's uh, that's a question I know that he was asked quite similarly on your podcast uh, <laughs> by Luke Lloyd. So was it? Like, I've got yeah, no memory of that. Uh, that was yeah, a while ago. Yeah it was, yeah, it was pretty standard chat from those two, to be fair. And those two would obviously be at the bottom of the barrel. Top one, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but those two would be right, right down the bottom. Okay, Beck Newton. She must be involved in the group in some way. She's asked, what's what's your biggest inspiration or who and why? She could have at least sent me a message to tell me that was coming through. Um, biggest inspiration and why? Um, I don't think I have a... No one sort of comes to mind. I just really want to have a positive impact um, on on the community. And if, you know, if that's my little community, that's great. And if we can sort of positively impacts a wider community then that's that's even better so i hope that sort of answer answers their question all right prue davies prue asks how do you juggle things within the week you've of course got work uh the charity stuff training a partner you mentioned a dog your dog no yeah yeah he's barking as we speak at the neighbor's dog um what are your key tips is it back on routine routine, getting up early Yeah, routine. I, I I really like having. I've got a whiteboard with you know the year divided up into months, so I can to see what's coming, and then within that each each thing that's happening within or each major major thing that's happening each month. So the the whiteboard for me is a key, and then yeah, routine for sure. Um, kind of knowing what's ahead, and uh, it certainly makes life a little bit easier. And then I think it's probably being able to say no to things uh is quite important uh obviously being able to prioritize you the people around you and and, and your energy so yeah i'd say routine uh, a bit of a calendar and um and being able to say no to things okay final one here t bell and tony is the name on instagram does that ring a bell yeah absolutely yeah and uh cam smiling um pretty pretty big question actually uh in a perfect world what would your dream outcome in life b could be career-wise life-wise that's a good question tessa coming in with the with a heavy hitter um dream outcome i guess would be um i just think that as a society we've got a long way to go Uh, we've come a long way but i think we've also got a long way to go so uh i think in relation to the culture um to leadership to community I think if I can educate myself uh, through reading and meeting people like yourself um, and then potentially educate those around me on those topics, I think that hopefully at least um, positive, positively impacts the community and then um, has has a wider impact. So I, I hope that answers uh, Tessa's question. <laughs> no, excellent. It's a, it draws a, an appropriate finish, I think, to the interview in the sense that, uh, yeah, any final uh, messages or inspiration to people out there, particularly those who need it running-wise, emotionally, mentally, what do you suggest? And that's uh, probably the heaviest question I've asked in the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, could have shot through some notes with all these. <laughs> Bloody lovely. Um, nah. Uh, last final words. I think it's. I think what you're doing is great. Um, spreading the word, obviously. Uh, you've taken on a leadership role, yeah, within the school, and then you know within this podcast. I think that's fantastic. I think. I think everyone's capable of leadership, capable of leadership, and I think that stuff's important. But also, I think you've also got to be able to play in a band and be able to assist others um and so if we can all you know i'm certainly trying to do that from a leadership perspective and then you know trying to assist my community in whatever way shape or form i can so if we can all combine all our powers combine i guess um and especially within that running community which obviously we'll be sort of speaking to today i think if we can all come together um we'll have a, a huge impact within the running community and the, and the wider community yeah fantastic cam thank you and uh look months ago even years ago actually probably really is uh when i started to notice run for it starting to to grow and seeing the runners out there and thinking what is what's going on here a bit of a cult thing growing and uh <laughs> now i'm here, here sitting next to and talking to uh one of the founders and uh often guests coming on here is starstruck with me and i'm just some random bloke in uh the third bedroom of my house talking <laughs> to uh the stars, the stars who are on on the show, and uh, you're one of them. So thank you for your time. And uh, I reckon first listener, I'm going to predict Sally Burks, but um, I think the rest of the group will tune in and um, hopefully a few more, including those running purists that I talk about who are more for you know competition and getting faster at running will start to understand, like I have in my older age, uh, in my 30s now, that uh, it's very much about uh the social side and mental and emotional side which you have definitely elaborated on today so thank you very much thanks for having me mate i think you've um done a great job in uh in covering all bases there, Ollie. <laughs> uh, it's been a really fun podcast mate so i appreciate your time and energy cheers see you mate we'll be in touch see you mate Bye. don't drink too much <laughs> <laughs>